I'm just going to put this out there right now. I have put both the big iPad Pro and little iPad Pro into a cart on Apple probably a dozen times each since the event. <laughs> yeah, but just can't quite pull the trigger, huh? This time on Magnificent, we recap Apple's spring event and what it all means for the future of Apple products. It's episode 31 of Magnificent. I'm Ian Fuchs, and with me, as usual, MacTrast.com senior editor, Mr. Chris Houck. And this week we're out we're with, uh, without a Glenn. Glenn is off saving the world, as Glenn is wont to do. Or exploring the wilderness or something. He's either exploring the wilderness, saving the world, or destroying the world. It, it varies week by week. Uh, something like that. So, uh, a big, uh, what is it, a week and a half ago? week ago? Week yeah, ago, a week and a day. Uh, big event, little event? I mean, how, how do you describe that? You know, it wasn't a it, it wasn't a historic event that we'll remember forever, but I still have a fairly decent recall of it from a week ago. Oh, that works. Um, I mean, there, there wasn't anything super exciting, unless you know you're really into a smaller iPhone, uh, which are, apparently a lot of people are. And uh, I definitely watched it out of interest about the uh, 9.7 inch iPad Pro. But, uh, you know, there weren't any big surprises. It was exactly as everyone expected, I'm pretty sure. I mean, everyone I've read or everything I wrote, uh, it was pretty much right down the line what we expected. Sure. So, uh, yeah, last uh, Monday, March 21st, Apple had their, uh, what what will be their, uh, presumably their final event at the uh, current campus they're at. Yeah, I think they said as much there at the end, didn't they? Yep, they they said there. This is the last event they have planned for the for their current campus. That next year when they have their events, or possibly even I assume next fall, it'll be at Moscone, and for WWDC, it'll be at Moscone or somewhere. Um, and then next year, come January, they're supposed to be in their new giant spaceship circle campus, which uh, which I guess that that's I think maybe that's the thing that makes this the kind of memorable memorable event um although yeah <laughs> yeah i mean you know it's it's the end of an era yeah um so i, I figure we'll uh we'll run through kind of the the haps of the event and just give a little insight on everything that happened sure sounds good um the event kicked off with a 40 years in 40 seconds video um April 1st marks Apple's 40th anniversary as a company or 40th birthday as a company, however you want to look at that. Um, so they did 40 seconds of basically quick clips, or not clips even, but just text flashing on the screen of different products they've released over the last 40 years. Um, any of them in there catch your eye? Oh. <sighs> I mean, I, while I always, you know, kind of kept track of what Apple was doing, I didn't really get into it until uh, the back in the 90s, uh, probably. And I think my first uh, Apple product was an iPod Classic. Okay. So 2006, I think it was. Um, it was fun to watch everything going through there. It kind of made me want to get on eBay and buy some of that stuff. And then I did get on and found the prices that people are asking, and I went, "Nah, I don't really need that." Right. 
But uh, it was fun. What, what was your first Apple product? I don't my, know if I ever asked you that. My first Apple product um, that I owned was a first-generation iPod Nano, I believe. Uh, the first Apple product that I used, I don't even know what model of Macintosh it was, but it would have been a Macintosh of some some variety. Uh, my grandma was always a Mac person, and the school I went to for elementary school was loaded with uh, pretty much every every classroom. If it had a computer in it, it was a Macintosh of some sort. So I'm not mm -hmm. sure what my first computer would have been that I used. Your, the first first thing you ever paid for with your own money was an iPod? The, well, actually, the iPod was a Christmas gift. Oh, uh, okay. But uh, I would say the first Apple product that I bought with my own money was, I think, an iPod Classic. Or yeah, that that was my entry level drug. It was my that's what I, I took it home, still had a Windows machine at the time, hooked it up, downloaded iTunes, hooked it up, mm -hmm. and it was like, damn, this is simple. Right. And then right after that, Apple went to Intel inside. Yep. And I was like, hmm, okay, let me check this out. And then I think about a, what, 2007, I bought a black MacBook. That was my first uh, Mac. I think 2009 was the first Mac. It was the it was the 2008 model, but my first Mac that I owned personally was in 2009, um, and it was the aluminum version of the black MacBook when they had the aluminum one that wasn't a MacBook Pro for yeah, like one generation. Yeah. Um, so it didn't have the FireWire port. Was really what it came down to was it was slightly slower processor and no FireWire port which ended up being the one thing that I really needed out of a computer. Um, fortunately, my wife also got a MacBook Pro at the same time. We weren't married then, but we were together then. And so I would use hers if I needed it. Huh. So um, the 40 years and 40 seconds thing, a couple of things that stood out to me, they went through the uh, iMac colors, which was kind oh, of yeah. fun where they every pretty much everything in the video was white background with black text except for those ones where they flash the different colors of the, the IMAX from the 90s uh, and early 2000s, I guess. Um, the Newton had a nice little, it showed the Newton, and then they scribble through it, which apparently on the Newton, that's how you erase text, was if you yeah. wanted to get rid of a word, you scribble, or like basically scratched it out. and So that was kind of fun to see that, but at the same time, it was like, uh, never mind the Newton. Um, you know, I would really like to get my hands on a Newton just to have it. Just for nostalgia. Because I mean, I, 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 yeah, I used around that same time. I think I had the Palm, uh, which used a stylus and had some handwriting mm -hmm. recognition and stuff. So I'm kind of nostalgic for that. That was probably my first uh, handheld mobile device. I mean, it didn't hook up to the internet or anything. Didn't even have a data connection unless you had it hooked up to. A, I think you could pay like 120 dollars for a uh, Ethernet connector, so you were still wired. But uh, so I'm a little nostalgic for those days. If I could find, you know, do what some of these people do, go to a damn Goodwill and find a working Newton for $4. I, I can't find anything at a Goodwill. Anything I buy is the thing I've ever gotten is nothing. But uh, if, if I could find something like that, I'd love to have a Newton just to have it and just uh, put it on the desk and use it as a paperweight. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so... I guess kind of rolling forward with the event, uh, the next next big thing they talked about was uh, Tim Cook made his kind of opening remarks, which 
uh, started with him discussing the case with the FBI, right? which a lot has transpired uh, in the week since the event. Um, the night after the night of the event or post event, I guess Monday night, the FBI filed for, um, I don't remember what the technical term is for it. Basically saying they think they could get into the, this, uh, iPhone that was, yeah, used they by asked, the, asked for a postponement so they could see if they, yeah. So they basically yeah. said, we think we have it. Give us a week to try it out or a week and two weeks, whatever it was to try it out and see if we can get into it. Um, but we think we can without Apple's help. And then officially, uh, yesterday, correct? Yesterday. Right. They, right, yeah. uh, they have officially said they were able to get into the phone. The case can be vacated. Um, but the, the point of, at the event was basically Tim Cook came out and said, we stand by our, our position we need to make sure iOS stays secure or as secure as possible right. and do what we can to protect our customers and their data. And so with that and knowing that the FBI was able to get into the phone, um, obviously we don't know what the, the way they got into it was. They haven't said that. They probably won't say that. My guess is that'll be patched in a future iOS version if possible. Yeah. Now the FBI is going, well, we might not tell Apple how we did it. Yeah. So we're little bitches. Um, but yeah. I'm, I'm kind of, I mean, just because I don't trust anything the freaking government does or says, I kind of wonder if they just had a steering contest with Apple and they blinked first. Sure. And, all of a sudden, and then they also just went, oh, well, we'll just say, you know, well, we figured out a way in. And, and there's probably nothing on the phone anyway. So we'll just say we found a way in and we can drop the case because we we're going to lose that anyway. I mean, it's it's just possible that, that something like that went through their minds. Although it's, I mean, there are way. I mean, the the way they supposedly did it uh, sounds reasonable. Um, and I guess the firm that helped them is is quite good at what they do. So, sure. But uh, it'll be interesting to see how long it'll take the government to uh, to try it again to try to force them to help them. Whatever the, whatever the next case is, and obviously, like you know, so some of the speculation is they did basically a, a imaging, a re-imaging, or copy of the image on the memory of the phone to another device, so they could make repeated attempts. And if it wiped itself, not a big deal; they just move on to the next one. The other possibility is it was a software-based thing, um, kind right. of similar to a jailbreak. If it was software-based, I assume that Apple's going to do what they can to. Um, patch those holes that were there uh if it was hardware based and they did this copy and they were still trying pass pass codes at random uh the big suggestion is if you're worried about it and you want your stuff to be more secure instead of using a four-digit passcode use an alphanumeric passcode uh so it can be numbers or letters and make it six characters or more uh, yeah as to say at the very least use the six character alphanumeric yeah because that i think what's that that bumps it up from Nine hundred ninety-nine thousand, nine thousand nine hundred ninety-nine combinations to. I forget. Anyway, it's, it, it takes a lot longer it, to it crack. Goes it, from ten, it goes from ten. Basically, goes from ten thousand combinations to a million combinations. Yeah. Or something. Um. So significant jump in the number of attempts that it would take, and that's just going six characters. And then, if on top of that you add in, uh, alphabetic characters, you know, A through Z, 
than the option. It's, yeah, we're talking centuries to get yep. this done. So that's the uh, the recommendation. So if you're worried about the stuff on your phone, go with that. Um, the, the point of the matter was Apple came up on stage and Tim Cook didn't shy away from the fact that this has kind of been in the news and been something that's been talked about. He came out right away and was like, here's here's where we are. Here's what's happening. Here's our stance. We just want to remind you of our stance. We're not backing down. And so that was, that was good on him. Yeah. Yeah. They, they stood tall. They, they, they stood their ground. So, uh, I think, uh, you know, any Apple customers should feel good about the way Apple stood and, and hung in there. Yeah. Um, so pressing on in the event, uh, next up, they invited, and you might have to help me with the name. I believe it's Lisa Jackson. Is that correct? That sounds right. Yeah. Um, who is, uh, I don't know what her technical position is, uh, but she is something to do with their environmental uh, efforts. And she shared some cool statistics. Uh, Apple is striving for 100% renewable energy at all of their places. Um, retail, manufacturing, everything. And they're currently at 93% renewable energy powering all of all of their operations. Uh, in the U.S., China, and more than 20 other countries, they're 100% renewable, which really kind of seems like maybe there's one country that isn't up to snuff yet. And that's what's yeah. pulling down that 90, down to that 93%. Um, I don't know how many countries they have stores in. Uh, I suppose I could have done my research on that, but I didn't. Um, but it is, is crazy to think Apple's doing that much with, with energy. And while it doesn't seem like a highlight moment of the event, it is kind of a significant thing because they're, they're kind of pushing the envelope and pushing things forward as far as renewable energy goes, which obviously is a, a constant thing that companies are trying to figure out is how can we be more environmentally friendly? Right. Um, but yeah, like things like their solar farms and the solar panels on the roof of buildings in China where there's, that not, was very, that was very cool. Yeah. Um, and, and like the, the solar farms they have, they actually put the solar panels high and they put them on these yak farms and I, I don't know why they decided they had to include it. They were yak farms other than it gives us all something to talk about. Now, do they put them on the backs of the yaks? They are, they are yak backed. No, they, they build them. So they stand tall enough. The yaks can walk under them. So they're more like uh yak teepees so they can stand underneath of them. So have any yaks been accidentally fried? Uh, not that I know of. I don't, I don't know if yaks jump very high. Do they? I don't think so. Are there leaping yaks? I mean, you know, I'm not sure on the status of the yaks or the... the and do the, they taste good? Um, Maybe. Probably. Maybe a little, a little gamey. I don't Mongolian know. yak barbecue would probably be really good. Um, The other thing Lisa Jackson came out and talked about, aside from yaks, was their recycling efforts. And they showed off this kick-ass-looking robot named oh, Liam. Yeah. And the whole idea behind Liam is basically that he is a, he, I call him a he. I don't know what gender he is. I suppose he's not a gender. Liam. Or Liam is, though. I mean, you're going to name him Liam. Yeah. Um, it's a dude. Liam is this robot that will take the, an iPhone apart and salvage as many of the parts and pieces out of it as it can. 
it'll take out the screws, it'll pull the screen apart, it'll take the battery out, it like disassembles these, and it can do it in like eleven seconds per phone or something like that. Like once everything's lined up and ready to go, it's eleven like eleven seconds start to finish for it to to tear up. Yeah, that was wild. That's great. And so while again, not necessarily a major highlight of the event, it's one of those things where it's like Apple spent time and money and resources just to build this robot, just to disassemble iPhones. Like there's innovation there that people are ignoring. I think. I think they set a standard for other companies to try to meet. Absolutely. Yeah. You can bet that Google and, and uh, other companies I'm pulling a blank on now, even car companies and things, they're all looking at, at how Apple does things and trying to figure out how they can steal or, or make use of them. Sure. But, uh, uh, yeah, the the Liam uh, very cool. I liked I liked watching that. Uh, that's fun just to watch. Yeah, and we'll uh we'll include a link to their little Liam video in the show notes for those who haven't seen it or those who missed it. Um, it's I I want to say it's like a minute long and it's fantastic to just see this thing take apart iPhones. Yeah. Um, it's kind of cool without a hammer. Without a hammer, that's, that's right. Uh, if the FBI wanted into an iPhone, they could have used Liam. Um, the next thing that uh that came up was health and health related stuff Uh, i'm drawing it blank on the name jeff williams i believe it sounds right again you're you're doing fine you're doing fine you were right on lisa jackson Um, for anybody Uh, keeping score she's the i had it right here damn it she's the vice president of environmental policy at apple there you go Used to be with the EPA. Oh, nice. Um, yes, I believe it was Jeff Williams was next up, and he discussed Research Kit and how since the introduction of Research Kit, uh, what is it, a year a year ago, year and a half yeah. ago, um, since the introduction of Research Kit, it has been wildly successful. Um, studies that used to take years to find enough volunteers for to get good data in twenty four hours we're reaching those same number of participants in the the studies because it's, it's easy to do it with your iPhone. There's no more getting a paper out and logging and measuring and, or going to a doctor and doing all this stuff. It was just, it's just a matter of take your iPhone and hold it and do this thing. And yeah, it's almost like a plan. We get playing a game. I mean, right. And so it's, it's really kind of a, a breakthrough as far as some of this research stuff. Yeah. I, I've, uh, I've played a little bit with research kit and, and, you know, participated in a few studies and my family has heart disease runs rampant in my family. So I'm kind of interested in the heart studies they've done with a few universities. And that's been uh, interesting to participate in the, 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 what I really enjoyed is I know you're going to bring this up next was the care kit, uh, the possibilities with that. So to kind of piggyback off of that, they, introduced at the event care kit which is using those same technologies to allow a doctor and a patient to work on the patient so the patient might have you know say they have a a shoulder issue it might be a matter of like hold your iphone and then raise your iphone to the point where it hurts now rotate your shoulder now do this now do this and it's going to log all this data and then you can submit that back to your doctor and they can keep tabs on, on how your, your care is coming along. Or it could be something like, 
um, you take your medicine and then you record the results of the medicine into an app or into the, into whatever the app is. And then you send that back to your doctor and they can test the effectiveness of medicine, which I think this is what I expected or was hoping for out of health when they announced it in iOS eight, seven, eight. When was health? I think it was eight. Okay. Um, so yeah, I mean, this is the thing I thought it was going to be is like, how can I, how can they use this and partner with doctors and actually mm-hmm. do something? You know, whatever your treatment is, if if the hospital or uh, healthcare professional utilizes it, there's so many different things that not only can be used to better your health, but ultimately can be used potentially to better understand different types of treatment. Um, I mean, I think if like you know, their examples were things like um, was it Parkinson's and. Uh, like epilepsy, I think, were two of them they did. I don't remember exactly what they had in the video. Um, but different ways that you can do these different tests on your device and really quickly get a feel for how effective is the treatment you're doing or how does the time of day affect it or your medicine or whatever. And being able to send that back to a doctor and have them analyze that data. And for me right now, it's like, Man, when when is my doctor's office going to have this feature available? Because if I can do any type of my health related and healthcare related stuff oh, with yeah. an iPhone app, like sign me up immediately. I will I will beta test that. I will be part of that study. The more I can do on my phone, unless I have to do or remember to do or do manually or go online and enter. Like right, the, you don't have to you don't have to do anything manually. Um, <clears throat> I'm looking forward to the day when, uh, like some of my medications I take, they want you to come back every three or four months and check your vitals and make sure everything's going good before they'll uh, give you a new prescription for the for the medicine. Sure. If somehow they can measure all that and it can be transmitted and I don't have to do another office visit, which is going to cost me 80 bucks, I'll even pay $20 for them to do it, you know, via my watch or my iPhone. And if I can, that way I can get my prescription renewed uh, for another three months without having to make an office visit, that'll be great. And and just the fact that they'll be able to monitor everything uh, for people that do need constant monitoring, they won't have to uh, constantly hooked up to anything, excuse me, hooked up to anything or make uh, repeated office visits. That'll be a a boon to a lot of people, especially if they have limited uh, transportation. Right. When I can also see at some point in the future the possibility that you could actually, so you, you talk about just the basic office visit, like going in, I, I have a pain in X part of my body, you know, my arm, my leg, my knee, let's say it's a knee thing. If there's something I could do with my phone and it's like, okay, do these five or six or eight things and save myself the hassle of like going to the doctor's office just for them right. to recommend me to go to somebody else. You know, if I could do that preliminary appointment with my iPhone and then the, the doctor looks at it and says, yep, these things look like it could be this. We're going to send you to uh, a knee or legs or foot a podiatrist or a back specialist or a osteo, right. whatever that doctor is that does bone stuff. 
Yeah, that guy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, 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 I would love to see that. I think it'd be so great to be able to streamline treatment like that. Yeah. Um, it's going to, it's going to be a hurdle getting it past insurance companies. Well, I, I, that's what I'm thinking is like, this could be a way for a, a doctor's office that, or, or maybe it's for the specialized treatment. I don't know that, where they could actually cut out the middleman. Now you can, you know, for $20, you can get a virtual appointment and that's basically paying for the doctor's time to read your results. But because you're not taking up the doctor's time coming into the office, slowing down the process, they wouldn't have to bill you the hundred dollars for the appointment. They could take the $20 and that's paying. I don't know. Yeah. It's something he could do at the end of the day or at the beginning of the day. And, you know, like you said, here's another 20 bucks in the pocket. So without having to take time to, you know, examine you and, and have an office visit and, uh, I, I think my my sister in law, her uh, medical ins- her medical insurance actually includes iPad visits with doctors. They're online twenty four hours a day, and you can actually do basically FaceTime with them. Okay, and, and so uh, that's another and, thing and too. They can, if if you could do a FaceTime call with your doctor, and then while you're doing the call, jump over and do some of these care kit type things. Mm-hmm. And then it sends the data back real time. Obviously, that's going to prevent people from faking it or whatever. Um, if if somehow you could do a combination of those things, you know that's, that that yeah. could be the future of doctoring. Is you know an yeah. I mean, if you and if you've got a rash, you could take a look at the rash with you know, using the camera. And uh, hey, doc, does that look infected? Yeah, this look infected to you. Um, that's not the part of the body we were talking about, sir. Uh, I thought while well, I had you on the phone, I'd just ask. Yeah, yeah. What's your opinion? Um, so yeah, that was that was pretty much it for the health section. Um, just yeah, Apple continues to do do things in health that other companies aren't doing, and and I I credit a lot of that to the fact that iOS not only is a huge platform that millions and millions of people are using, billions of people are using, um, but also that. It's a very secure platform, and people are comfortable having their health information on their phone, which all goes back to that FBI thing. Now, if you're recording your your medical visits and your health information to that extent, you know, this is a rash, or maybe it's not a rash, but I'm not sure, but the doctor has looked at it, and it's now saved as a, a thing on my phone. I really don't want the world to see that rash that I had. Right. You know, on Johnny Law, knowing you've got a rash on your left butt cheek, um, or I don't want to know any damn thing. I don't want to know my temperature right now. Uh, so yeah, and that's always been the one attraction of iOS. It is secure. They have harped on that fact every time they've mentioned health in any way at any of these presentations or in any of their information. This is secure. No one has access to it unless you give them permission. Right. Um, rolling along in the event, uh, post the health stuff, they quickly discussed... Uh, I don't remember. Was it TV next or Apple Watch next? I left oh, TV out of the notes I've, because TV really got glossed over. So I don't remember what. Yeah, it was really quick. We'll, whenever we'll say, they did t- it, we'll say TV was next. Um, basically, they came out. They said, "Okay, the new update nine dot two, nine dot three, nine dot two, nine dot two is out for Apple TV as of today." And this was last week, so it's out now. Um, this gives you access to your iCloud Photo Library. 
Siri dictation for passwords and search fields, which is kind of nice if you want to go to the App Store and search for Space Telescope. Now you no longer have to swipe the little thing around and type Space Telescope. You can just press the button and say Space Telescope. It'll go out to the App Store. It'll search or it'll search the App Store for whatever you put in that field. Uh, also, and it works very well. Um, if if you're interested in an Apple TV app, Space Telescope, uh, it's a good one. I, I think someone is anyway. Um, and then the the other thing it gave you was folders. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Which I loved I immediately as soon as I updated. I immediately started arranging my there. apps. I got them down from about ten rows down to two rows, and I love it. Um. So yeah, was there anything else Apple TV related? No, you can use the a Bluetooth keyboard now. That's about oh, it. Right. That's all I can um, think of. Yeah, and for me, like when the event happened on Monday, uh, I I don't think I've touched the Apple TV since because we were gone over Easter weekend and everything else. I don't even I haven't even had a chance to go through and put things in folders or try any of this stuff out. But I know my Apple TV did the update, so. There is that. Um, next on the docket for the event was Apple Watch, which also didn't get a lot of attention other than uh, some new spring sport band colors, the additional uh, Milanese loop in space black, which does look very cool if you have a space watch or space black uh, Apple Watch. Some new classic buckle colors and the new woven nylon bands, which I believe you and I are both very interested in. Yeah, I, I need to get uh, over to the Apple Store and take a look at those. I've seen them, you know, online, mm -hmm. but uh, I always like to get up close and touch them. But yeah, I think I think that's probably something I'll be buying in the next week or so. So I made the mistake. I thought for sure when you could order them online Monday that that meant they would maybe have them in stores Tuesday or Wednesday. Because it's just, it's just bands, right? Like, right. There's nothing that needs to wait on those. They could already have those made and just send them out. So Wednesday for my birthday, my wife took me to the Apple store and she was like, you can get a new band today. And I was like, hell yeah, that's a good present. I get to pick out a band. I'm going to get one of these cool woven nylon ones. So we walked in. They only had the previous colors of the sport band and none of the nylon ones. Uh, and apparently they weren't available in stores until Thursday or Friday. So I have not gotten one yet, which is probably good because I keep bouncing between the pearl white, the black and one of the blue ones. So I haven't decided which color I'm getting yet, but I, I will be getting one. I'm very interested in them. They do look kind of cool kind of different and uh so i figure i'll give it a shot yeah they definitely uh stand out from the other ones it'll be uh i'm, I'm like i said i'm definitely looking forward to seeing what they actually look like in real life i've i've probably got three or four bands for my watch now yeah various ones i've you know reviewed and <coughs> excuse me sorry uh actually bought and i still keep coming back just to the original dark blue silicone one that came with the, yeah the sport bands are, are very nice. Like, they're not the fanciest looking bands in the world, uh -uh. but I, I really like them. They're very comfortable, and uh, once you get the hang of putting them on, 
super easy to put on. I know my wife still struggles getting her her sport band on occasionally. But. Yeah, I mean, that's the first thing I do when I roll out of bed is put it on. And I got so used to putting the sport band on that when I got a leather band from Pad and Quill, which, by the way, Pad and Quill makes wonderful Apple Watch leather bands, folks. Check it out. Um, it was actually kind of a weird thing, you know, at 6 o'clock in the morning to be reaching over and trying to buckle it like you normally would a watch band. Um, yeah. So moving on in the event, post-Apple Ooh, Watch. The iPhone SE, yay. Um, the, the return of the iPhone 5S, kind of. In new clothes. The Emperor Hard, has new clothes. Hardly new clothes. Um, so okay, the, new guts, actually. N- new guts, definitely. The Emperor, Emperor has a new kidney. Yeah, new, new internals for sure. Uh, from the outside, though, for those who haven't seen pictures of it, or don't don't know what it, we're talking about. The iPhone 5s, picture the iPhone 5s. Uh, now add a rose gold option, because why not? And sure. then the the uh, beveled edge around the screen and on the back side around the back that used to be super shiny, now make it a, a brushed matte finish. Aside from go. that, on the outside, it is identical. And, I mean, it'll even use the old iPhone 5, 5S cases and such. So yeah. you don't have to spend a lot of money. Yeah. You're going to save money on the phone, and you don't have to buy new cases. Pro tip, uh, Dollar Tree, TJ Maxx, Marshalls, great places to find cases for an iPhone 5, which would yeah. not the SE. You can get them for under under 10 bucks easily. Nice cases. It, yeah, if you've got five below in your area where you're listening in, yep. that's uh, that's great too. Everything's five dollars and below, and actually the cases aren't that bad. So, uh, the iPhone SE it is the internals of an iPhone six S. Yep, it's the A nine processor. It's um, the twelve megapixel camera. It's the what eight megapixel front facing camera. Is that right? Is that the right number? Um, is it? I don't know. What, whatever the front-facing camera is of the iPhone success, it has the True Tone flash. It has the Retina flash on the front side. It has. I think. I think it even has the same two gigabyte of RAM on yeah, the it, processor. It does. Doesn't? It has. It has the higher RAM. It is. It is an iPhone success through and through internally, in the the body of a four-inch iPhone 5s. Um. Not to. Yeah run on and on and on and on about specs. Uh, the big question a lot of people seem to have is, why does this iPhone matter? Why why would Apple do this? They, you know, a, a year and a half ago, they were like, oh, we're, we're introducing these two new phones and these two new sizes and kind of ignoring the fact that they still had this four-inch phone other than to keep around the old model as they do. Why do they release a four-inch phone now? And I, I can tell you one of the reasons is, in the last year, they sold 30 million four-inch iPhones. Right, and there's still plenty of people that want this the the performance of a bigger phone, but they don't want that bigger screen. They don't want the bigger phone. Right, and so that's that's my thing is like in the last year, they haven't released a four-inch phone, and they sold 30 million of them. the The yeah. closest you could get in the last 12 months was a 5s that was a year and a half old. 
Still running with the A7 processor. A7 and uh, couldn't do, it couldn't do Apple Pay without an Apple Watch. Correct. So, um, so I, like I said, the, the question is like, why does this matter? Where does it fit? Who, uh, who should buy it? And well, I, th- I think we've already covered last week. We decided that uh, countries with people with very small hands, yeah, we, we and circus that. midgets, yeah, and you know what? There's people of my size that probably still want that smaller phone. Uh, my brother-in-law, he's the same size I am, pretty much, same size hands and everything, and he has the six, the six S. And he still complains that it was too big for him at first. He's gotten used to it, but uh, he almost uh, took it back to get a, a 5S. So, I mean, there are plenty of people that want a high-performance machine, but they want a smaller screen and a smaller frame or smaller body size. Sure. Same reason they sell big luxury cars and small sports cars. There's, And it does give them a nice base entry level device that's not crippled sure. in any way. You know, you're getting the latest technology, but at a reasonable price that you can actually probably go and a lot of people that may have been priced that are priced out of the success and success plus, they're gonna be able to go into uh their carrier or go into Apple and, and pick this up for was it three ninety nine, I think it starts at three ninety nine, four ninety nine. Sixteen gig is three ninety nine. Uh, and and most carriers are doing free with a two year contract, or it ends up being like what seventeen bucks a month if you're on one of the pay yeah, month by month it's dirt cheap. things. I mean, you're, you're talking that's that's pretty minimal cost to get. And so really, your your cost for attendance in the current generation iOS device is very low, um, as compared to like the iPhone six. I think starts at what six fifty. Yeah, and the or 6s sorry six, six, starts at six fifty or six hundred. Yeah, five ninety nine or six ninety nine. I can't remember. Yeah, and then the the plus I think it's fifty bucks or hundred bucks more than that. So you're talking, it's it's almost half the price or uh, two thirds of the price of of those devices. Um, so I think it makes it a, a big difference. And like I I I wrote a little thing last week after the announcement about you know, how it matters for business. And it's like, well, think about the, the overhead for a business to get all these phones. Mm-hmm. If Let's say they get 10 of these phones. Now, instead of spending, you know, $6,000, they're only spending $4,000. Like that's a, that's a $2,000 savings. That's, that's pretty significant. So, and that's just with 10 phones. All right. So when you start, yeah, it really racks up when you're talking about huge yeah. corporations. Yeah. Uh, so looking at that bulk price, it's it's a big deal. Yeah. Um, the uh, the last thing they introduced at the event uh, after the iPhone SE was, I think, probably the what I'll consider like the star of the show as far as announcements, and that was the official introduction of the new 9.7 inch iPad Pro. Which is the, um, I don't want to say the successor to the iPad Air 2, because that's not how they're promoting it. And the but Air 2 still available for sale, right? I mean, still they're still available. even making that, right? Yep. They it's, are 
they will continue to produce the iPad Air 2. That is the way I understood it. Um, but it is yeah. it is the an iPad of the Air 2 size. It has the, roughly the same thickness, bezels, weight, um, with the exception of the brand new camera bump on the back. Because they've they've taken the the camera from the 6s and 6s plus that uh, 12 megapixel camera that does the 4K video, they've popped it into an iPad, and apparently because of the focal length of the camera lens, it has to stick out that couple millimeters, which unsettling to me that an iPad that I might lay down flat on the table is going to have a bump like that. Yeah, and not only lay down flat on a table, but be used flat on a table like that. That just seems like it's asking for scratching, but that is someone else's design decision, not mine. Um, the important things to look at at it are is it's 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 the specs of the iPad Pro. It has the the quad speakers. It has the was a nine X processor. Yeah, the, A9, the only difference between it and and the one in the in the larger Pro is is less RAM on the chip. But as far as you know, Apple Pencil support, the smart connector, and all that, it's all there for you. Yeah. Now, one thing I missed does does the iPad Pro have the faster Touch ID from the Success, or is it still the older Touch ID from the Six? Because I don't. I don't remember them ever saying it was whether it was like Touch ID two or whatever they called it. Yeah. Um. I I don't think it has the updated Touch ID. I think all of the iPads are still on the, the slightly older version. Now it's an improvement from the five S, but it's not as good as the six S, where it's like you look at it wrong and it unlocks because it thinks you touched it. Right. It almost becomes a game to try to wake your phone up on on the on the button without unlocking it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it, it was a big deal. Like the iPad Pro, to to me, this was the iPad that I was hoping for last fall when they announced the big one. I was hoping that they would have these two side by side. These are two yeah. iPads that are damn near punch for punch, almost exactly the same. And then they they only gave us the big one, and they basically ignored all the other iPads. Oh, they they updated the Mini, I guess, um, but just to be on par with with the Air two. Um, but as it sits now, the iPads basically have two lines. You have the Pro line with a 9.7 inch iPad Pro and a 12 inch or 12.9 inch iPad Pro, and you have the regular iPad line, which is the Mini 4 and the Air 2. My hope is that if those get updated, or when they get updated, if they do whatever, they drop the numbering. We'd really, I could be very happy with two distinct lines that don't have numbers other than yeah. maybe screen size. Um, couple interesting things that came out of the iPad thing. Um, just like the bigger pro it's available in a 32 gig Wi-Fi only, uh, 128 Wi-Fi, or if you want LTE, that's your entry size and a new ginormous size, 256 gig storage available in Wi-Fi or Wi-Fi and LTE. Um, and that they actually also added to the 12.9-inch iPad Pro. Right. The important question now is, Mr. Chris, which dun, iPad dun, Pro dun. is for you? <laughs> if I buy one, I'm leaning towards the larger one, and it would be 
the 128 gigabyte, likely with the LTE because I'm probably wind up getting it through my carrier through T-Mobile. Okay. But uh, I like the, I mean, I just really love the bigger screen on the iPad Pro on the Big Pro. Mm -hmm. I think that's going to be really great because I do a lot of reading on my iPad. And if and plus with the larger screen and with the smart connector keyboard and all that happy stuff, I might be able to actually start leaving my MacBook Pro at home when I go on short vacations or on weekend trips um, and still be able to post to the website and such. Sure. So uh, if I replace something, I mean, right now, to be honest, you know what? I don't use, I did, I had an iPad Air and mm -hmm. I have an old iPad three, I think it is. Mm -hmm. And my wife used the three a lot. I mean, she uses her iPad like crazy. And I was using my iPad Air so little that I finally just restaged it and gave it to her. Restored everything that she had on her old one. And sure. she uses the iPad Air now because she does movies. She does art. I mean, she does all, all you know, she uses a, a, a third-party stylist and does some great artwork on it and stuff. Where I basically read comic books and uh, and novels on it. Okay. That's about, that's about all I did with mine. So, um, but I'm thinking if I did buy the larger iPad Pro, that I would try to use it more as a laptop and as a second computer than just a, a tablet. Sure. And that was one of the interesting things um, when Phil Schiller was on stage presenting the iPad Pro. Um, he made a point to say, you know, the iPad Pro really is is targeted at people who are using and and he specifically called out Windows PC or Windows PC and laptop users saying these people that want to switch to doing stuff on right. not a Windows machine are more likely now to go to an iPad as their computer and that's who they that's part of their target market is if you're on a Windows computer that's old and clunky and you're using it to type documents, check your email, surf the web, get an iPad Pro. Um and then the other market that he he pointed out was what professionals doing creative mm -hmm. stuff right um and obviously t to me i look at both of those things and i think damn the bigger one makes way more sense and I'm, I'm kind of stuck between two thoughts on this where for me i'm like i really want the bigger one because i could really see doing work on it like you said like i can write posts i can check my email and do my work email stuff on there i could get to the point where I could actually work on coding stuff on there because it's a big enough screen. Yeah, split, sc split screen becomes actually a usable feature right. there. and so I think of that and I'm like, God, I could really use the Big Pro. But then I think about like going to a meeting with that big iPad and sitting down at a meeting and either propping it up on its little stand with the keyboard or even just the little smart cover and propping it up or holding onto it. And I'm like, God, that's that's ridiculous. And then I think about my iPad Air, and I'm like, God, I love using this. It's so convenient. It's small. I can carry it easily when I go places. I can just prop it up wherever it fits in my lap nicely. But at the same time, I feel like I miss out on the size then. So I mean, obviously the only solution for me is to get one of each. Oh, um, obviously. But I, I think that's really where it comes down to for for your traditional consumer type person is what's the right call? Where are you going to use this, and how are you going to use this? Um, and they definitely want to go into an Apple store, go into a Best yes. Buy, or wherever they can get their hands on both sizes. 
and use the damn things. Just play with them. I mean, I, I was, when I first heard about the iPad Pro, the, the large one, mm-hmm. when it was introduced last year, I was like, no, there's no way I want something that big. And then I think it was over New Year's, I went into a Best Buy and they had them on display and I played with it. I was like, well, this is amazing. Actually, surprisingly light. And it's not as big as I had thought had built it up in my head. And then when I realized, you know, that basically if you're looking at it in landscape, you're looking at two normal iPad Air screens side by side. That's when it started getting in my head. Well, you know, then then I could use it split screen mode. I could, you know, have a WordPress editor open and have, uh, you know, the news sites open to, to, to collect the news for the morning right. and have a side by side and be able to actually be usable instead of having to switch, 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 to, you know, back and forth between uh, apps. Right. So it's really, I, I would just go in and just play with them and, and try to figure out what you want to do with them. And I think that eventually you'll, you know, figure out which one's going to be best for, what you need it to do. Yeah. So I, my recommendation, if you're in the market for an iPad, like Chris said, go into an iPad store or an iPad store. Well, go to an iPad store. Sure. Why not (laughs) go to an Apple store, go to a Best Buy, go to a somewhere where you can physically use both devices, all the devices, even, um, you know, like for my wife, anything bigger than an iPad mini doesn't work for her. She, she was using my iPad air two the other day. She was like, why is this so big? And I was like, you, you use an iPhone 6 Plus. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> You're used to a giant phone. Why would you not want this iPad? She's like, no, the mini is the perfect size. And for her, it's the right size for reading because it's like one page of a small book. Right. For me, the Air that I have now um, has always felt like the right size for me. I didn't ever feel like I could use a mini because I felt like it was too small. And I'm I'm still not sure about the Big Pro. So for me, the Air 2 or the the 9.7 iPad Pro feels like the right size. But I know there are some people who really want to do work on the iPad. And then in that, in that instance, 12.9. Um, but again, go into a store, play with them, see what feels right. Um, just because the 9.7 is the new one doesn't mean any of the other ones are bad. I think you, right. we, have, we, we are in a position where there are four great iPad models that could work for a number of things. It's all a matter of what fits your workflow and what you expect to do with it. Um, and obviously what, what fits your pocketbook. And for me right now, it's, it's what I have fits my pocketbook because it's already bought. (laughs) Uh huh. Exactly. That's if we're on the same position I'm into. Um, you know, in case you're not listening in the United States, it's tax time here in the U S and I'm self-employed. So I get to pay, you know, I don't get a refund. Right. So, um, but yeah, the, uh, I mean, there's, there's something for everyone there. So I, I think like you said, just people just need to go on and play with it. Yeah. And and for anyone who and wants to, iPad uh, Pro too. for anyone who wants to donate to, to Chris and I getting an iPad pro, <laughs> um, go to magnificent all donations, podcast, gratefully accepted magnificentpodcast.com slash support. I believe is the URL and you can go and contribute to our Patreon uh, which right now no one has done because it's just been set up. But if you want to support the show and help pay the bills or buy Chris fun toys, you can do that. Yes. Greatly appreciated. All charity greatly appreciated, uh, greatly accepted. And, uh, you know, we'll send you stickers, or boudoir something. pictures of ourselves or something. Yeah. Let's, I don't know. Let's, you know whatever. Maybe we'll print stickers and not do that. 
Or we could picture print stickers with boudoir pictures on them. Maybe that too. I mean, we could do a you know a, a, a George Costanza pose. There we go. The art of seduction. The art of seduction. Correct. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. I'm all on my Seinfeld. Now. Who doesn't look good in leopard underwear? Ah, uh, me. <laughs> so. Ah, uh, oh, you're too hard on yourself. Uh, at the uh. The end of the iPad Pro, that was essentially the end of the event. Uh, they basically said... Yeah, it was. They said, this is our last event here at uh, Town Hall. That's what they call it. Um, yeah. And that next year they'll so be... So get, get the hell out. We're tearing it up right now. That's We're right. taking the like, seats out as we speak. If if you could kindly move, there will be somebody unbolting your seat as we as you walk out. Yes. Um, and with that, they, they called it a wrap. And so with that, uh, we'll call the event recap a wrap. And uh, real quick, you want to tell me your something of the week? Oh, yeah. it's um, Actually, I just posted a review of it today. It's the CB hard case, which is a luxury leather iPhone case. It's, uh, you know, if you want a heavy-duty protective case, you're going to have to look elsewhere. But if you want something that's made of really nice Italian leather, has a uh, really nice microfiber lining to protect your precious iPhone, and uh, offers, even offers a little storage slot on the back for a couple of credit cards or some money. Uh, you definitely want to take a look at the CB hard case. Comes in various colors. Uh, Julie and I both have tried one for the last month. Uh, she puts hers through a lot of wear because she has a house cleaning business. And they both look as good as the day we took them out of the box. So uh, check out that uh, review on Mac Trust. We'll have the link in the show notes. Very nice. My something this week is a product that I just got a week or so ago, uh, two weeks ago, and that is the Amazon Echo, Echo, Echo. Oh, yeah. And I take it you like that thing, huh? I will tell you what. I freaking love this thing. It is <laughs> incredible. Um, every morning... I will come downstairs, I go to the kitchen, I turn on the coffee pot, and I, I ask the Echo to read me the news, and then once it's done with that, I ask for a playlist or something, and it it plays music. Uh, I've used it for timers and alarms and unit conversion. It is, it is literally the perfect uh, kitchen assistant, and for 180 bucks, I think that is the future of voice connected home stuff and they add new features like almost every week they do sometimes and... it's a little silly shit, right like uh telling you you know knock knock jokes or something but there's always something new to try and, and play with it and we've had one for over a year and it's just it's one of our favorite things in the house we love. We use it to turn on and off lights in the morning, in the evening, and and you know ask the weather and how's the traffic and everything else. So, it's a great. You know, if you, you have any interest at all in personal assistance, virtual personal assistance, and especially if you have an Amazon Prime account, it's a, it's a great uh, great little gadget. Plus, it's a hell of a good Bluetooth speaker. Yeah, it is. It is definitely not bad. Um, and uh, it's not going to fill your house with sound but right. it's good but it's for for a small rumor to have in the kitchen especially if it's quiet it's great and uh additionally not mm -hmm. only if you're a prime customer but also if you're a spotify user or a big pandora user it's amazing oh, yeah. because you can really quickly uh summon whatever music you want to listen to 
Yep, exactly. That's great. $79.99. And, uh, yeah, I think that's it for the show, man. Cool. Uh, with that, we you, did it. Yeah, with that, you can find the show notes for this episode at magnificentpodcast.com slash 31. You can tweet us your questions at MagnificentFM or with the hashtag AskMagnificent. And uh, if you're into reviewing or sharing your opinion, leave us a rating or review on iTunes. It helps people find the show, and it lets us know you care. And uh, maybe one day we'll actually read some of those reviews on the the show. Wouldn't that be fun? Scary. Uh, My thanks, as always, to Chris for joining me. If you want to find us on Twitter, Chris can be found at CLHauk, and I'm always around at Ian Fuchs. And with that... We will uh, catch you next time, Mr. Helk. All right. Thanks for having me. Talk to you later. <sighs> I was I was doing a how-to on, on how to set a passcode for your iPhone. Mm-hmm. And so doing it, I was going to do video. So mm-hmm. doing it, I, of course, went through all the steps and had to put in a different passcode. Mm-hmm. Couldn't for the f- life of me remember to get the passcode right after that went to put it went to change it back to my old one it wouldn't take the one i thought it was what i literally had to re had to wipe my iphone using find my iphone and restore it from my icloud backup really yeah it's still restoring shit <laughs> even as we speak that was like at noon today i thought i'll do this before i eat lunch <laughs> okay <laughs>